Hello, everyone. This is Movies IMO. Um, I'm Brandon Kirby. I'm Ben Empey. I'm Daniel Crook. And today we're here to talk about uh, the new film, I, Tanya, about uh, disgraced Olympic figure skater Tanya Harding. Directed... Of the Warren Hardings. <laughs> yes. Um, directed by Craig Gillespie, uh, starring... Oscar contender, Margot Robbie, and Allison Janney. Produced by Margot Robbie. (laughs) PGA. Yes. Um, Yeah, I'm the only person in this group who really enjoyed this movie. (laughs) I had fun at times. Yeah, let's not say didn't enjoy. There's a difference between enjoying and thinking it's a good movie. Yes. That's that's I enjoyed the experience of watching it. That's so funny because I didn't enjoy a lot of the experience, but then at the end I came out really liking it. Interesting. Um, it's interesting. So this is very much a movie that wants to fuck Goodfellas. So our theme for today is movies that want to fuck Goodfellas. Yeah. As our previous theme was movies that want to fuck old Hollywood. Yeah. So told by three film fags who also want to fuck Goodfellas. Yeah. I watched Goodfellas in full for the first time the other day. Nice. And the pilot of The Sopranos for the first time. Yeah, so, boy, did I have a lot of catching up to do. And still do. I I have six seasons of Sopranos. The notes you will have from your journey, I I look forward to hearing about in recent One day. It's going to be a beautiful journey that you go on. When you get to Whitecaps. Yeah, one day. Sopranos. Yeah. A lot of viewing ahead. I'll do it after I watch, after I finally watch... Twin Peaks season three. Oh my god! Blu-ray disc. Have you bought the Blu-ray yet? It's waiting for me as a Christmas gift at home. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice. I will have had. I will. It will be in my possession by the time people are listening to this. I'm finally going I'll to probably... buy a Blu-ray so that I can watch Twin Peaks again on Blu-ray. Yeah, because I'm sure it's going to look better than the Showtime feed. Totally. Yeah, you know? it's going to be absolutely glorious. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. Um, the blacks will actually be black. Yes. I'll actually be able to see what some of the images are that are so dark they don't read on television. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, well, let's just get into it, bitch. Nice. Onto the ice. Okay, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> I liked it the most, clearly. Oh, so we're starting now? I guess. I liked it. And you liked it, and then you liked it the least, I I would say I liked it. You liked it. I liked it. We all liked it. But I will say... We just all have notes. I will say... notes. The second time I saw this film, I liked it less. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. And so I rewatch movies twice if I can. Definitely for the show, I'd like to watch movies twice. I've talked about it before. The first time, I have to deal with my own anticipation for the movie and my expectations for what it's going to be. Mm -hmm. And then on the second watch, I can really watch it on its own terms completely. Did you see what Guillermo del Toro tweeted on this topic? About good times or I taught No, just about watching movies twice. No. Said, what did he say? Uh, watching, movie the f- uh, watching a movie for the first time is a flirt. Watching it a second time is a date. Oh, oh yeah, I, like I did that. see that. I like that a lot. I find that to be true in my experience. Yeah, the first time I saw Itanya, I was dazzled by the things I liked about it. And the second time around, I just thought it really dragged. Um, it does drag. Yeah, which it's is... It's too long. It's two mm-hmm. hours. It's, that's a long for what yeah. this is. I mean, we will talk about this. We've set up the theme. The theme for this week is movies that want to fuck Goodfellas. Goodfellas is almost two and a half hours. 
and it breezes by. It feels like 20 minutes. Yeah, exactly. This is two hours and feels like 2.15. It feels like four hours sometimes. I had to get up to pee halfway through, and I didn't think it was halfway through. I was like, oh, we're probably like, we got... 40 minutes to go. Ooh. We had hit an hour like yeah. the second That's I walked the out the That's the worst feeling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when it, you think it's half over and it's like, oh no. Yeah. Can I tell you a funny anecdote about my screening experience today? May. Make us laugh. <laughs> it's the moment, it's the final skating moment. Um, when she, she has the breakdown and then she goes to the ice. Right. It's my, it's, it's one of my favorite moments of the movie. And these two old ladies stumble in. At the end? At the end of the movie. What are they, movie hopping? And they're just... Probably. They're just trot... Delinquent elders. They're just sliding by, and it's the... the Skating by. Skating by, and they're they're looking for their couch seats, because it's the couch theater. And everyone is kind of like whispering amongst themselves, like, why are you... you..." All the seats are filled. You don't have a seat. (laughs) What are you doing? Where did you come from? And they loudly were like, is this for, and I didn't know what movie they said, but they, they. Is this for the leisure seeker? (laughs) They they very obviously walked into the wrong theater. And how do you not have the wherewithal to realize that you have walked into a movie that is 75% completed? Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, they are, they are old. They were confused. (laughs) The one woman sat down. (laughs) Because the one guy left to get don't go to the restroom, so she's like, one, this, "This is mine now." <laughs> the other woman was like, uh, "Zelda." Flor- oh, I was gonna say, I was gonna give her the name Florence. Florence, Florence and Zelda. Zelda. <laughs> this is this is not our theater, and we, they kept getting shushed, and <laughs> it was just it was unfortunate. It reminds me of the episode of Seinfeld when George uh, walks into the movie later. Something. Oh no, no, he has to, he leaves the theater and then he accidentally goes into the wrong theater. Oh, and starts shouting. He goes, Jerry! Yeah. Jerry! <laughs> These are Florence and Zelda. And they ruined this really ah. beautiful moment for me. Yeah, um, this is not the Florence project. <laughs> fucking Florence. That's probably what they were looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, but my favorite moment... Get out, Florence! <laughs> <laughs> my favorite moment is when Margot Robbie is putting on... There's that shot of her putting on the makeup. Yeah. And she's just breaking down. And and that was the moment. One take, by the way. Yeah. Really? That's what Craig Gillespie said. Wow. Yeah. One take. I mean, that was the moment, among other moments, where I was like, yeah, Margot Robbie, like, she could win and I'd be fine with it. She gives it's an incredible performance. Towering performance. It is. She, she makes Tanya Harding... A tragic figure. Mm, she turns and her I, into an American folk hero. Yeah, and I don't think any other actress. I'm sure another actress could do it, but it's it's. I also thought in the real life footage she looked a lot like Amy Adams. Yeah, well, Amy Adams played oh. Tanya Harding. Oh, really? When? Yeah, I I don't know what it was exactly. Um, really? I'm sure someone's screaming right now, but yeah, Amy Adams played Tanya Harding. That's interesting. At some points. Interesting. Because um, she does look like Amy Adams. Okay, I'm, part of me wants to look this up, but part of me just look wants it up. To st- well, Ben, I can you think. can you look it up? Well, if you wanted to say something, He's say something. He's eating his nachos. I'm so sorry. Nachos. I'm busy. <laughs> I'll look it up. Okay, you can go first. I do have something I want to say specifically about what that Brandon shot. just said. No, no, not the shot. But I just think um, it's really nice to see, like, I think, I want to say this is Margot's first, like, big leading role where she carries a movie, mm-hmm. and she's not 
every other movie that she's in, she is one of those, like, oh, she's the best thing about it actors. Right, or she's splitting the lead with Will Smith. Yeah. But this is, like, she carries it, and it's really exciting to, like, like have her finally be recognized as, like, she is one of the great actors of our generation. I don't yes. think Amy Adams played her. Oh, okay, never But mind. it's just a lot of articles saying that Tanya Harding looks like Amy Adams. <laughs> I thought that I... Mom, I think... I guess you're right. I she just sworn, looks a lot I like I could have sworn that Amy Adams had some actual connection with Tanya Harding in, in the pop just culture. That, just that she's aware that she looks I'm like her. Now. Oh, bye-bye anyway, nachos. Um, Smell you later. Yeah. Anyway, I think I cut someone off, but continue. No, that's fine. Well, I said this on an earlier episode, but it is a true thrill. One of my favorite movie moments this year is seeing Margot Robbie PGA in the credits. Yeah, yeah, she produced baller. I loved, I loved it's seeing amazing. her producer credit. But I, I have really to get back to this because this was the this is. I was thinking on the way over here. How do I, how do I say what I love about the Margot Robbie performance without just saying she's extraordinary, she's amazing, which she is, and it's that she takes Tanya Harding, a figure of who is a total joke, whose who's earnesty is a punchline. The fact that she just, like, gave it all on the mm-hmm. ice and had her stupid fucking redneck grin and would get angry. And then, of course, like, her role in this conspiracy and that moment at the Olympics when her skates are tied too tight mm-hmm. and, like, that it's that meltdown is a joke. Like, that's how right. we've treated her for years. Yeah. And Margot Robbie embodies Tanya Harding in all of the ways that we're used to seeing her. It's just that she recontextualizes this this woman's entire life from a joke to heartbreak, yeah, basically. Yeah. And she explicitly says that in one of the on the camera interviews with her, where she says like, "I was the punchline. I was right. I became the joke." And she looks right at camera, right at the audience, and says, "It's your fault." Yeah, she it was, is America's she, fault. She says it was like I was being abused all over again. Yeah, which I that was also one of my favorite moments. And that because I, I do have I the abuse is hard to watch. It's really really tough to watch. Yeah, but that her saying that absolutely it made it. You have to show it. I just want to. That was her life. I want to get out one of my problems with the movie uh-huh. just right off the bat. But you said it. I mean, it's so hard to watch her take all of this physical abuse, mm-hmm. and I really think. The movie plays a lot of it for laughs, especially everything with Alice and Janney's character. It it is a punchline where Janney says like, "Yeah, like I maybe one time I had to hit her, so she'd get back sure, in line." Right. And then we see a montage of her like in 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 ways that are staged to be funny. Right. Her getting the shit kicked out of her, and like Alice and Janney kicking her chair, and she falls yes. over like a pratfall. Yes. Right. And right. both times I've seen it, the audience laughs. Right. And the reason why is because the film is instructing you to. Right. Because it contradicts what Janney says, and her character at this point is a clown. Yeah. The audience is encouraged to laugh at her. Mm-hmm. When we then see that she's lying, we don't we don't consider it from Tanya's point of view. We consider it from Lavana's. Right. And. And you're supposed to laugh. And yeah. I think that's pretty fucked up. And it, it doesn't sit easy with me, especially the second time around. Um, I don't think anything, any of Sebastian Stan's abuse is played for laughs. No, but I think no. that I think that the movie commits a sin in um, saying that neither of their stories are um, totally One's, accurate on right. the record. I my, my biggest problem with the movie is its refusal to pick a side. Yeah, it refuses to indict him. It refuses mm-hmm. to pick any sort of point of view. 
honestly. Which is really frustrating when you can tell that the movie is setting out to not only exonerate Tanya Harding, but to celebrate her as a as an athlete. Yep. As a woman who was able to climb from nothing to having everything, and how she was she did this in spite of constant abuse her entire life, and then yeah. was brought down by that same abuse. It becomes a tragic story, yeah. like Brandon was saying. Yeah. The movie tries to have it both ways, and it never takes a side. And while while and that's claiming my biggest problem to, with the, the incident moment too is that uh, it tries to have it every way that has been rumored that the event happened. Right. And it tries to present them all as equally. Right. Because it's basing yes, it off of these interviews, which yes. it says at the beginning. So that is the conceit of the film, but yeah. it is possibly a flaw, yeah. There's another element of giving equal time to the characters in a way that becomes problematic for me. Sebastian Stan got too much time. Yes, but we'll talk... That, that's a, that, I, I mean, we'll table the script problem. It's specifically about the domestic abuse between Tanya and Jeff. Mm -hmm. And it's that before shit hits the fan, we get this brief moment of them both talking about how they were kicking the shit out of each other. Mm -hmm. And we're we're, we're seeing it from Jeff's point of view and then Tanya like cocks a rifle and says to the camera like, I never did this. this. And then like flashes a cheeky grin and like shoots it again. Which is if to say like she's definitely lying in that moment. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of the times that Tanya speaks to camera, it's it's in moments similar to you are my abusers. It's just inconsistent. I hate the director dress. I I hate it too. And I think it's a testament to Margot Robbie that in the moment it doesn't really bother me. But... I hate it. I it's, said, it's not a good device. It's not a good choice. I, I hate the talking m- heads in general, yeah. and I especially hate the director. I brought this up in an earlier episode. You don't episode. need both. Right. No, so not much. at all. But I also... An example of how the mockumentary stuff is also just as egregious as Margot Robbie breaking the fourth wall to camera yeah. is when Alice and Janney just pops in halfway through the movie and is like... Oh. What happened to my storyline? Yeah. Oh, I God. hate that moment I so like much. It is such a cheap trick. Yep. Yeah. I, I Just surrender already. I think Allison Janney is great in this. Um, but yeah, there's there's moments where it's the like, role is great character. In, in, enough she's, already. She's acting the crap out of a very poorly written She's doing yes. a great job. Yes. She yes. makes dialogue that is hacky sound deep at times. Mm-hmm. And again, I've said this on the podcast a number of times before, but now we can actually talk about it. What drives me crazy with this, the way that this role is written, is the subtext of every single line is, I don't like you. Mm-hmm. I resent you. Mm-hmm. There's no complexity to it. Everything, anything complex in that performance comes from Jenny. It is yeah. not on the page. Right. right. Yeah. Huh. All right, I just say, say, say something you like. Yeah, so I guess I'm the one to defend this film. I liked it the most. Uh, oh, God. Well, I, I think the, the movie... Okay, so the abuse bothered me. Uh, my audience didn't laugh. Well, okay. I, that's they, great. They, they rarely laughed. People were shifting uncomfortably in their Good. seats. I was shifting uncomfortably. In your and couch. I, and I, in, my, in my little leather sofa. I... And I thought to myself, I didn't like it when it started. I had a really bad hangover. <laughs> I was not enjoying myself. I was like, this is, this isn't funny. This is not funny. But then it kept, and then I was thinking about how comedies can work. And I started having this like side conversation with myself while I was watching the movie. Like, well, Bojack Horseman is a comedy and that's fucking dark. There are dark comedies. And then I finally settled with the fact that this is just a very, very dark comedy. It is a comedy, but it's extremely 
tragic. Right, but I don't but, think everybody's on board with what dark comedy they're in. I mean, Margot Robbie, apart from breaking the fourth wall, isn't really giving a winking performance in the right. same way that Sebastian Stan is. Right, I agree with that. I mean, yeah. she she it's a really soulful performance in a movie full of caricatures mm-hmm. a lot of the time. I agree. Yeah. She's, she really humanizes and... Like, what the joke of any abuse is not because of her performance. It's because of the whatever the cut back to Alice and Janney is, or the cut mm-hmm. back to Sebastian Stan is. But there's there is no mm-hmm. irony to the her reaction. The moment when she's in the police car and Jeff has shot her by accident. Well, not by accident. Uh, he shot her. He shot her, like yeah. grazed the side of her face. They right. get pulled over by the cops when he's trying to take her to the hospital, I guess. Mm-hmm. And the cop sees Tanya's bloody face and then asks Jeff to get out of the car, but only removes guns from the back and... Mm-hmm. And doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything about her. And she says to the camera, like, and he didn't do anything. He just let this happen. And all I can think is like, as an audience member, you've made me watch Tanya get the shit kicked out of her so many times with no variation, really. It's just the same blunted force again yeah. and again and again. Mm-hmm. The movie also isn't really doing anything to give that more depth right. or to interrogate it more deeply. And so in a way, the movie also leaves her in the car mm-hmm. at times. Sure. In, in my opinion. I think it... I don't know. I didn't have... I don't take as much issue with it as you guys do. I think by the end... I really don't have as much issue with, like, the frequency and the volume. It's it's not that I can't take it. It's that it's not staged any differently every time. Right. Apart when we're seeing it as a series of jokes. Right. Like when Janie kicks her over yeah. in the chair or slaps the shit out of her mm-hmm. the first time or in the car. Like, in that montage, that we yeah. see in a way, like, more creative staging of it. Right. Um, But it's always the same note that it's played for, too. Mm -hmm. Like, this movie doesn't really investigate domestic abuse apart from the fact that it kept happening. Right. And that it's cyclical in nature and that things would be good and things would be bad, which is true about domestic abuse, and it's why a lot of people stay in these situations. And I don't think it ties it to her career as an ice skater nearly deeply enough and how... It's the one place that she is totally in control of her life. She's able to assert herself. She's like, fuck you. I'm wearing what I want to wear. And I'm going to use the music that I want to use. ZZ Top. She's never... See, no. You don't think the movie does do I don't think it's deep enough. I don't think it goes there enough. I think that Robbie... I I felt that. And I felt when she becomes disgraced and is banned from ice skating she well, goes yes. and she goes That's exactly what I was and she say. goes to boxing because violence is all she knows i don't know i just i thought it i thought it brought in the the abuse stuff in in an interesting way i think that margot robbie is really able to sell that tanya's entire life is on the rink right her entire meaning as a human being is found on the rink and also she spends the whole movie searching for acceptance, for family, for someone to look out for her. And she is able to look out for herself on the ice, which is why she gets so frustrated right. every time she falls. Um, right. And especially at that moment at the end when the judge sentenced her to a lifetime of no more skating. That scene 
That yeah. scene really actually killed me. I'm, I I almost teared up a little bit. For Margot for me, though, because it's such it's, a... It's, it's, such it's a because of Margot. Script of it's like, because of Margot. Like, any time, in any movie, like in Angels in the Outfield, um, or in uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, like, the moment where the judge, like, orders our protagonist yeah. to not have the one thing they want, and then they give the heartfelt speech, like, yeah. but, but Mr. Judge, like, yeah. you see my entire but life... the way she delivers she sells it. it. Yeah, I don't have a single problem with Margot Robbie in this movie. She's sure. on my ballot. Right? Yeah. I keep saying, like, so-and-so's the best performance, or the best actress of the year, but it's Kim Min-hee, Sally Hawkins, uh, Saoirse Ronan, Margot Robbie. Yeah. yeah. I um, I would like to respond to that a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Just that um, what I see in this movie is, yes, that skating is the most important thing to her, but I don't think it is tied to the abuse. And we I don't think we see that she is free on the ice. I don't see it. It's different than it being her whole life, than it being an escape from abuse. We see her smile on the ice in a way we never see her smile off the ice. Okay. Apart from when Jeff is manipulating her into thinking that things are good at the house. I don't think that the movie highlights it enough, though. Sure. I think Margot is doing it. I and don't you know think what? the direction is strong enough. And maybe if we didn't spend 30 minutes with Sean and Jeff and we actually watched Tanya training, yes. then we would get a sense of that. Yeah, when the movie sidelines itself to the Sean and Jeff stuff, that... I hated it. I mean, that that, but that's also what the movie sets itself up to do, is to right. you get all sides. That's, but we don't get Nancy's side. <laughs> No, and that's right. also a problem I have with this movie, is there's that one beat of, like, well, Nancy and I were friends. And then... Nancy seems like a hoot and a half. Let's hang out in the hotel if, room. Yeah. If she and Nancy were really friends, why is Nancy not a character in this movie? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I don't get it. That's a very good point. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know if... I didn't know... Pretty much, I don't remember any. I remember the story. Like, I remember that this happened. I don't remember any of the details. And yeah. this was totally a surprise to me. We that talked they about were friends. This. That they were friends and that Tanya Harding was not really involved with the incident. Apart right. from apart from wanting to issue death threats. Right. But right. I mean, these are that's not a good thing. It doesn't speak no. well to your character whatsoever. Um, but it, there's a difference between saying that she wanted to fake death threats and so that she and, 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 and incapacitate someone yeah. by breaking kneecaps. Yeah. Yes. I mean, this is a more level of moral relativism. I'm not sure I feel comfortable engaging again at the moment, mm-hmm. but there's a difference. And anyway, yes. And we were talking before we were on mic. I also didn't really know much about the story at all, to be totally honest. Just that Tanya Harding assaulted sabotage Nancy <laughs> yeah exactly so the first time I watched it I was just so invested in finally figuring out the details and then the second time around is really when it bothered me that Margot Robbie disappears from the movie for like 20 minutes yeah mm-hmm. I mean I think that the first act of this movie works great thanks to Margot Robbie and yeah. I think that the ending is really satisfying and yeah. really sells the tragedy of this figure because we are spending time with Margot Robbie mm-hmm. and, so, and by the way Sebastian Stan great in the movie right. I think the actor who plays Sean is really talented and funny mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that that's who we stay on like Sean is the least interesting character in the whole movie right well, he, he's he might be the funniest time. you know I think he is funny the, the actor's timing is very it's strong yeah. but it makes and this is I mean 
I know you guys don't agree, but this is like a shape of water problem for me. It's like, I don't want to spend time with Michael Shannon. I want to be with Sally and the fish who fucks. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to be with Sean and Jeff. I want to be with Margot on the ice. Right. Yeah. And I want more Julia Nicholson, who is incredible. Oh my God. Incredible. It took me like, I didn't know she was six scenes into like, to figure out because she has the blonde wig on. Mm -hmm. I was like, who the fuck is that? I know who that is. Well, and you know, she's supposed to be the mother figure that Tanya always wanted, but the movie never really fleshes that out the way that I want it to. Yeah. I wish we got more Julianne Nicholson because she, I, I love her. From, um, it's like a single axle, not a triple axle. From? Oh, Masters, Masters of Sex. Of sex. She's and, great. and of course, yeah. she famously gives like the best performance in August Osage County, County in uh, a movie full of stars, and she's a nobody. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I do wish we got more. She's great. She's one of the best actors working today. I completely agree. The scene where Tanya throws her ice skates yes. at her face mm-hmm. in yeah. the way that she just completely undersells it. Mm-hmm. Just very silently lets herself it's, out. Yeah. The moment of like, you're fired, and then like she you see the decision to not react and just leave and it's it's really incredibly well done. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, that is a moment that works well for me between Janie's character and uh, Tanya is that Janie throws the knife at mm-hmm. her and it gets stuck in her arm yeah. and then Tanya throws the ice skate as imitation in a way, like as right. learned behavior transference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it made me think about the Florida Project. Um, just the, I, I mean, nah, I mean, that's learned not, a, that's behavior. not a great example. Yeah. Yeah, but I found myself thinking about the Florida Project a little bit. It's like this cycles time. of abuse. Yeah, cycles of abuse, but also the way that, and I'm not letting uh, any, uh, I'm not letting the Janie character off the hook, but the way that poverty eliminates most decisions that everybody else has. Right. Like when you don't have any advantages, you have to make your own uh, coonskin fur coat. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's, she didn't. And, and there's the great line where she's like, "If I had five thousand dollars, I would buy the outfit, but I right. don't have it. So mm-hmm. I did this, which is an affront to you. But this is all I can do right. in order to showcase myself." My favorite part about that is that uh, I don't think any of her outfits are worse than the other outfits. I, I know, agree. right? They're I like all the same. They're all pretty tacky. <laughs> they all look tacky. To me. Yeah, <laughs> and I just, I just think that's hilarious. I wonder if that's an intentional choice, or if, because that's obviously these outfits are what she wore. There's historical record of that. Yeah, yeah. So it's just really interesting. The photos are in the Library of Congress. Mm-hmm. I believe. I remember the, like, white outfit. Of course. Best. It's iconic. Right. Mm-hmm. That's all over the marketing material, right? That's the one she wears in, like, the Yeah, with the SIG. You're right. Yeah. yeah. With the SIG. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that this movie had more on its mind than just Tanya Harding as a character. I liked its address of, like, America's obsession with these stories, these mm-hmm. scandals, mm-hmm. um, and it's commentary on, like, the media circus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I liked the moment, um, one of the few <laughs> Sebastian Stan moments that I was okay with was, um, when the, the, the news van pulls away, and he's like, once they pulled away, it feels like it never happened, and then you mm-hmm. look over to the TV, and it's the next scandal is the O.J. Simpson stuff. Right. Um, so I thought that was really smart, and... Yeah, Interesting. I think I, I like this current trend right now in uh, pop culture where we're reinterrogating these um, uh, the 24-hour ta- news cycle. Yeah, tabloid scandals of the 90s has a way to examine the 24-hour news cycle and mm-hmm. the way that it has poisoned our culture and reshifted our idea of how people should behave and how we process news, like all of those things. I also think and talking about how CNN is new, someone brings that up. Yeah, that, like we had to fill the time. What else are we going to fill the time oh, with? Right. Yeah. I also think it's 
a clever idea to take the Tanya Harding saga and paste it onto the American Rise and Fall story. Mm-hmm. This is unexpected. I think it's a great call. That's what I loved about it the most the first right. time I saw it. Mm-hmm. But these are more ideas that I love about the movie more than triple axles that the movie pulls off in right. terms of executing those ideas. I agree. Like, I don't know. I agree with you, Brandon, about that moment with uh, with Jeff as the news fans pull away. But I also hate that moment because the number one rule about voiceover and film is don't say anything that we can't already pick up on, on in the scene. And he says the day the news van rolled away as yeah. we see the news van roll away. Sure. Yeah. It's bad screenwriting. Right. But I love that OJ is on the TV. Yeah. I love these ideas. And OJ is not brought up in the voiceover. Which makes it more powerful. Yes, yes. This is yeah. That's what I mean. I mean, it's it not, it's just not like complete... you just see OJ on the TV and you yeah. know you get it. Well, yeah, that I don't know. That I just can't totally go with the movie on all these things because I think it's making so many other crucial mistakes. Yeah, I don't know. I it all. I just think the execution is flimsy on most of its ideas. Yeah, it's a fumbled axle. It's like there are a fumbled axle. Yeah, it, there are a lot of really interesting ideas presented and none of them land. For yeah, me. I don't know. I just keep thinking back to. I think Margot Robbie's best acting is her interview segments. And one of my favorite scenes is when she is reliving when she first does the triple axel. Mm-hmm. And oh, she God. gets like really emotional about it. That moment really hit me. And then also, I brought this up earlier, but the moment where she says, like, this is your fault. Like, I don't know, that... That I'm glad that moment exists. It made me appreciate the movie a lot more. Without it, I would be. But it it, it made me appreciate that the movie has more on its mind. I think, and it might not execute it as well as it could. But I appreciated that it was there. But the first thing you talk about there, the scene where Margot, in current day, as like Tanya in her forties, is talking about the ecstasy and accomplishment of landing that triple axel. Mm -hmm. It really speaks to how preternaturally talented in a lot of ways Margot Robbie is that you buy this... I mean, she's like my age. I think she might be younger than me. She's like, what, 25? Is she actually 23? Margot Robbie? Is she actually 23? She's young. I know she's young. serious? No, but anyway... No, she can't be that She's like 23 to 26. She's a young... She's a very young woman. The fact that you she buy... Is she is our age. Oh, she's, she's 27? 27? Oh, well, great. So I don't feel so bad I about myself like anymore because I'm younger than her. Wall she's, but she was it, born well, in she 1990. Well, she was. That movie was shot like five years ago. She was born in 1990. Okay. Anyway, guys, all I'm trying to say yeah. is that you buy that this 27-year-old who is beautiful, for like has had advantages in life, and has been blowing up Hollywood like the past four, ever since Wolf of Wall Street in mm-hmm. 2013, yeah. mm-hmm. you buy that this woman has like a lifetime of regrets yeah. and, and, yeah. and, and, a, and, a, and an idea of like watching her potential waste away. Like you buy that she is reflecting on her yeah. life and this, given given the past few years that Margot Robbie has had, she does not have to be that talented. Like right. she, is, she is more than, uh, I mean... I don't mean this quite how it sounds, but she is more than just like a box office beauty. I mean, like right. Ben said earlier, she is one of our most talented actors in yeah. this generation, I think. Yeah. I think she, for a long time, she was getting sidelined as, exactly. as that, as yeah. the, the new blonde. Yep. And Wasn't she in that Will Smith movie? Yeah, movie? Focus. But she, she gives a... Um, I think that her mirror scene belongs in the pantheon of great mirror scenes with De Niro and Raging Bull, with... Honestly, Mark Wahlberg and Boogie Nights. I mean, oh, where she puts on the makeup. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. It's it fantastic. Is. It is. It is. She Moments is like that devastating. elevate this movie for me. And she has yeah. lipstick on her tooth. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, moment. Those are the moments that I remember, mm-hmm. and that and she's I can, I can cloud out. out I can yeah. I can drown out the the less good stuff about all this movie, movie watching is about what flaws are we willing to forgive? Yeah, yeah. And, Not and, everything and can be a Titanic movie, yeah. in my opinion. But um, what was I was going to say? Something. Someone else go. All will come back to me. Let's talk about. Um, um, oh, I know what I was going to say. Say it. Unless you... Okay. No, please. Um, I just... As much as I hate the talking heads concept... You don't I, like the talking heads? I do think... <laughs> I see what you did there. I do too. But I'm just not going to respond to it. Anyway. <laughs> Stop making sense. <laughs> um, nice. I, uh, it's great that we do see present day Tanya reflecting on it. And I think that even if there was no talking heads, there would need to have that for this movie to hold any weight. Yes. Or as much weight. I think we need to see how her life was devastated by this and by other people. Mm-hmm. And when Jeff admits it, too, he was like, I ruined her career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, th- I mean, first of all, if there's no talking heads, there's no modern rock music. Moving on. I don't like that Jeff has that moment where he admits to devast- or, uh, ruining her career. Oh, because, because it's, it the, movie, it's like... the movie once again redeeming him. Mm-hmm. I don't think it redeems him. I think you're... I, it's I giving thought, him some credit. Sure. That he fesses up. For simply it, understanding... Forgiveness. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I, it's like, obviously I believe in forgiveness, mm-hmm. but sure. I think the movie never fully indicts him for the abuse, mm-hmm. and I think that it is disingenuous to give him that uh, redemptive moment at the end. Sure. Or even if it's just basically forgiveness. Rubs me the wrong way. I thought... This is a non sequitur. I thought the... Young Tanya Harding. I thought that was somehow baby Kieran Shipka. I too. I too. The face face graft onto a toddler. They face graft later in the movie. It looks like Kieran Shipka. Is it not her? It looks a lot like her. Yeah, it's it's Sally Draper. I was like, did they really pay to CGI (laughs) Kieran Shipka's face on this toddler? I mean, Kieran Kieran Shipka is talented enough to hire for that one scene. Like a sibling. I mean, she looks just like. Is it is, the is it the lesser thing. Shipka, <laughs> the junior Shipka? I mean, the the little girl's great when she flips off the. Yeah, it's very fun. <laughs> That's in the trailer, but um, can we talk about the skating scenes, <laughs> which just set my like gay heart aflame and rainbow? I... Did your body twitch because you wished you could be doing that? Yes, mine did. <laughs> it, it twitched and Wait, was just consumed I can't watch, with joy. I what? can't watch like physical things like this or like dancing scenes without like my body wants to join them. yeah i mean i, I want to go that, da- i want to go dancing like, with tanya harding like so bad down it's ridiculous. To your i know yeah <laughs> that's like... no one can see me but i'm doing like the arm extensions that tanya does in the movie i will say when um florence and zelda interrupted my viewing experience when she like, does the and i like of, the move <laughs> it kind of slows down and she does mm-hmm. the arms yeah I, I, yeah I, I felt it in my bone my gay little bones yeah Wait, what does that have to do with Flo and Zelda? They were interrupting my view. Oh, got it, got it. They were like, <laughs> like, I could do that back in my day. <laughs> yeah, what if they were saying that? I hate they them. did the triple axel first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I did it first. Um, okay, ben, Are you so, looking so, up so you felt the Shipka? same way that I did. Yeah, she does not appear to be a Shipka. I, okay, so. <laughs> confirm Who is she, though? This Shipka. young ingenue. She was, she was in Gifted. Oh, my God, oh, the Gifted Girl. She's the, the Gifted, gifted girl. girl. She's the Gifted Girl. Um, God, that's one of those terrible trailers. This that gives Google me the image movie. of Margot Robbie. There's just like a smart water in the frame. 
Is that funny? Well, she is smart and know. clearly she hydrates. Uh, Look at her scope. She produced this movie for herself. Hell it yeah. made me laugh. Anyway. H2O hired, and PGA. She hired the director who is very much on this award circuit like... I don't really care about this movie. He's very dismissive of it. Oh, seriously? That makes me like it more. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Because he's showing off really? so much. And it's really just ripping off Goodfellas. He's very like, much like, it is very much this feeling of like, I don't care. Well, that, that makes me like it more because really? the camera work is such a, like, it has such a pastiche quality mm-hmm. of Goodfellas. So we've watched Goodfellas. We've watched American Hustle recently. American Hustle is a Xerox of the style in Goodfellas. And I think it it's it's a copy. So you've right. seen it before, but it still mostly works. I, Tanya is a Xerox of that Xerox for yeah. me. Like yeah. all of the, all like the push in, like every close up in this movie has like the that zoom boom. crash push in. You know? Into the phone. Yeah. yeah. Whenever a phone rings. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> Um, and then this shot really And it's such a off. shorthand in our culture. We know exactly what it means. Now. And it's so comfy now. It is the call me by your name, like, musical refrain. We are, mm-hmm. we are, um, we are trained to respond to it. Mm-hmm. And, you know. And the wall-to-wall music. And yeah. And yeah. it's just like, we know good fellas. Yeah. And yeah, by the way, that bow. Pavlovian response is not always a bad thing. Right. We ju- I just said it in the last episode. I, I mean, it. there's always... a reason. This movie is an enjoyable viewing experience. Yes. Because... It is stealing the style of Goodfellas. Yeah. Yeah. But let, let me talk about why it doesn't get it right. And I'm just going to use one shot. So this is trying to like copy Co- uh, the Copacabana in some way. Mm-hmm. But it's after Tanya and Jeff get divorced, I believe. And we are in the house with him. And we start in the bedroom. And he's like laying on the bed. And then we track through. And then we see him in the, in the kitchen just like not doing anything. Like on the uh, phone, like biting his time. And then we pull out in the living room. And he's like... Sitting against the wall, and, and then, then we pull. zoom out of the front door, and then we are barreling down the street. Yeah, that is a bad shot that wants you to think it's a good shot. Yeah, and I actually thought about that shot, and I was like, "This is here's dumb. my here are my two problems." Why is this here? Really first problem. First problem with this. the shot. You can't have a long take that is all about the practical magic of what you're watching and then digitally move Sebastian Stan in the shot as yeah. if that's really cool too. It completely counteracts the the, the impress- point of the shot. Exactly. Yeah, and why does it pull out on the street for so long for no reason? Well, and then it just yeah, well what you do you mean like and then it's clearly on the back of a truck and then the truck just like goes down the street for a while? Yeah. It's just to extend the shot, but right. the actual camera movement, like the camera is still during that stuff. The camera stops moving once it gets put in the back of the truck. Mhm. You know? It's just like a show-off shot yeah. and it doesn't actually say anything. It doesn't. And that, that and like shot Co- actually... Copacabana is all about the intoxicating atmosphere of being of, of this gangster world and why Karen falls for it mm-hmm. and just how exciting it is to live through all these moments with all these different people and you see people treating you with respect. They'll put out a table for you and you literally watch the table people move out. heaven... Not literally, but you watch people move heaven and earth for Henry Hill and it's in this mm-hmm. unbroken shot as if to suggest life is a never-ending party for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is just a stupid track out through a house with <laughs> yeah. digitally recreated Sebastian Stan it's peppered through the shot. Really like, weird, right. and then you're just on the road. Like, yeah. oh, okay, so that's what that sh- street in Oregon looks like. Right. Great. Yeah, it's really weird. Um. Well, are we going to talk about? Well, we're talking about Goodfellas. Talking about Let's it now. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, we're uh, off. We're talking about movies that want to fuck Goodfellas. Hell yeah! Bada bing, bada boom. Uh, so I rewatched uh American Hustle and like which is little... a good movie, I think. It which is, is a good movie. Which is a great movie. A I will I will good, go to say. Uh, it, I did not like it the first time I saw it in theaters. What didn't back... you like about it? 
2013, when I viewed it, I... It's a very memorable movie-going experience. I was very stressed getting to the theater. I almost ran a pedestrian over. Uh-oh. <laughs> and I sat down, and I just was... I don't think I was in the right headspace for it. Yeah. And, you know, I'm gonna say I hadn't seen Goodfellas until literally two days ago. So I don't think I had the right reference points to really yeah. view it. So all my credibility is gone. I have not seen Goodfellas until yesterday. Brandon, you have so much credibility. <laughs> Shut your pretty little mouth. I don't think um, that you have to yeah, have seen Goodfellas to like that movie. Right. Well, no, but it helps. And yeah. and also, I think, I, I, I said this to you, Ben, but I think at the time there was J-Law fatigue. I think mm-hmm. people thought she was miscast. But I watched that. I watched her performance uh, today and it's really really good but the fact that she was the only performance being talked about from that movie was annoying well it's not just that it's that she was she was threatened which i'm on board with yeah it should have had five for jeremy renner yeah they're all four very good the other piece of history here about the j-law fatigue is that she was threatening to win lupita nyong'o's oscar for 12 years of slave was not sitting well with me it was not sitting well with jennifer lawrence either if you remember her winning that golden globe she was embarrassed to be there and she talked about how relieved she was. Like, she was crossing her fingers she would because lose the Oscar. Because wasn't this one, one year It was. After, she was the reigning after, incumbent. Are you getting a beer, Daniel? Yeah, baby. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so she she had just come off her Silver Lightning's Playbook win. Yeah. And it was like, okay, enough. It was, she was the hot thing. And, yeah. like, the incumbent yeah. often will get the nomination the next year as well. Jeff Bridges. Uh, we thought Emma Stone could go. happen this Thank year, you. but it's just too packed. Watch it happen. It's not going to happen. I know. For what? Who? Battle, Battle of the Sexes. Sexes. When that came out, people were like, oh, she's probably going to get nominated. It was too early. But it's faded down. Um, just, I just want to bring up, as mm-hmm. we talk about Jennifer Lawrence, in that the dinner scene where she gets too drunk and she falls out of the booth. And then <laughs> she says, I'm not that drunk. Don't pick That's me up. So That's my favorite thing that she does in the movie. Just like performance-wise, I think she's flawless in that scene. Yeah, and talking I would agree. about the the, the rotten nail polish. It's, yeah, that shit's great. It's I also I really like the scene with her and the man with half a face from Boardwalk mm-hmm. Empire yeah. when she is being really flippant and gossipy about the fact that Bradley Cooper is an IRS agent, mm-hmm. and then flips immediately. IRS. Did I? Yeah, IRS. Right? Is he an IRS? She says IRS. Okay. It doesn't matter. She says fucking. Um, IBS for all I know. Um, and then as soon as he's like, honey, I gotta go. And then she just like crumbles mm-hmm. in a way that is both genuine and manipulative. When she's yeah. talking about how she doesn't like change, but she's able to bring tears to her eyes. I love like that. She just does a lot of the scene. Um, yeah. And it speaks to what a mercurial uh, performer Jennifer Lawrence can be. And she controls the thermometer. Yeah. You know, she's able to turn it up and down really mm-hmm. uh, naturally, I think, in a way that is both fun to watch and... Yeah. Grounded. It My has own. this very good fellows structure, mm-hmm. American Hustle, and the way that we start in the in media res the same way that Goodfellas does, mm-hmm. the same way that Carol does, uh-huh. the same way that Brief Encounter does, and then um, well, that's different because those we come back at the very end. I'm, Both of these movies, we don't. I'm just trying you to tie it into in the, the internal conver- like the logic of the ongoing conversation we've been having okay. for. Going on 20 hours now, mm-hmm. so. Um, and then we roll back and we get Christian Bale's life story as a young kid 
Ever since I was a kid, I always wanted to throw rocks through windows. Yeah, Yeah, what? And then... (laughs) Then he meets a woman. And then we get the switch of the voiceover to the woman. Which we also get in this movie, Mm -hmm. um, in in its own way. But it's the same... In Oh, yeah. When when we meet Tanya, she has a dream. She falls in love with a man. They are going to go to hell together by the end of this thing. Like, Mm -hmm. these are the same structural beats as as we go on. The Uh, difference... For me, is that David Russell is a much more theatrical writer, and so there are these like long set piece scenes. Whereas Goodfellas is a purely editing based experience. Yeah, I call yeah. it a two and a half hour montage, mm-hmm. and I call it a two and a half hour trailer for being a gangster. Yeah, yeah, American Hustle. The scenes are longer; they drawn out. Mm-hmm. And this is yeah. um, it's very perform- it is performance based. Exactly, yeah. it is very performative, which is what the entire movie is about. Right. So. Which I appreciated this time around. The yeah. fact that the first shot isn't the his his, 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 his hair his exactly it's that all is about the whole the point of the movie it's is all... faking it until you make it. Yeah, it. The first time I saw and, this and movie, and what's real? The, yes. They yes, say exactly. real a lot. The the uh, the moment I realized I loved this movie the first time I watched it was when Christian Bale and Amy Adams are together in the dry cleaning carousel yeah. and it's just whirring around them and it's I it, love that yeah. Scene. And it's as if to say, like, they are in this together. This is real. The nucleus is real. And everything that is around us is bullshit. Mm-hmm. And we are going to try on all these different costumes and we are going to get what we want. But ultimately, we are in the center of this thing. While, God, it's just such a beautiful shot. Just, like, all the clothes yeah. whirring past and, like, pushing them and, like, yeah, brushing up against their them. face. <laughs> like, all the dry cleaning plastic, like, messing up Amy Adams' hair. Yeah. It's, I think it's incredibly it meaningful is, that the the working title was American Bullshit. Yes. And I think really? it, it should yeah, be. Yeah, it should have been called movie. that. Although this time around, I noticed just how many times they say the word bullshit. Yeah. So it almost would have been two on the nose. They also use the word hustle a lot, though. That's true. I like the the um, when they introduce the Robert De Niro character. Mm-hmm. And that fla- they give a, a very brief flashback to him mm-hmm. in his as Jimmy and Goodfellas basically. exactly it's a direct Goodfellas he's just like yeah. shooting this guy in that bing bang boom back of the head Ha-cha. Um, which we see him do in the beginning of Goodfellas after Joe Pesci knifes um, uh, help me out Ben what's his oh, Sopra- wait, was... the, the Sopranos character name I'm lost Frank Vincent oh Billy yeah, yeah, Bass oh, 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 he makes him oh. dance no, no 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 that's that's Christopher that's um, oh. that's Spider Oh, in the very beginning, in, in the trunk of the car, oh, it, yeah, he's yeah. in the New York crew. He works for Johnny Sack. He gets out of prison and in season five bad, or six. he's the bad in the final season. Yeah. I don't know why I can't think of his name, but I'm blanking. I forgot we have to talk about Sopranos. Hello, The Sopranos, which also gives... <laughs> Sorry, I'm okay? like having an orgasm about The Sopranos. <laughs> my fate... Does everyone here at this table know it's my favorite piece of filmed content, period? Um, of, including all movies and all television it's shows. It's totally Leotard. I knew it was yes. your favorite television. I didn't know it It is my favorite thing that exists in popular culture, in art. Next to Seinfeld, it has the biggest place in my heart. Because I watched that show. I think it has more dad. lessons in it than the Bible. I completely agree. <laughs> You're <laughs> not wrong. I've said it before. You're not wrong. The Sopranos is my, like, holy sacred text about how to live life. Yeah. It uh, White Caps rivals Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf as the greatest on-screen meltdown mm-hmm. of a couple. Yeah. Where all the secrets pour out and it gets so dramatic. Um, so what I think 
American Hustle and The Sopranos both have that I, Tanya does not have is oh. a sense of who is making this specific movie that is referencing Goodfellas. Yep, I agree. Itania is just a carbon copy. No, it's a carbon copy of a carbon plastered copy. Plastered onto a story, uh-huh. but I don't see anything that... Is it Gillespie or Gillespie? Greg, sure. Craig Gillespie. Craigie G. I have no idea what he is... like. What's what, he saying? What is he using this... To style say. to say. Which Paul Thomas Anderson, we could have watched Boogie Nights. Yeah. He also uses right. this. Right. Uh, and, yeah, he, yeah. and he uses it to explain the intoxicating atmosphere of what's going on around um, uh, Dirk Diggler. Also yeah. the family aspect of what's uh-huh. happening. Yep. And then eventually the coked out energy and the crash and boom, or the uh, rise and fall rather. Mm-hmm. Um, but I completely agree with you. And I was thinking that when I was watching it today. Why of all movies is it Goodfellas? Yeah. Because Goodfellas... Is yeah, a, that's so interesting. Well, Goodfellas is like a great American story. It's the idea of someone who wants to be something, they become it, they go too far, it all comes down. It's in an industry that actually represents America really well. It's about people, it's a zero-sum game, people ripping yeah. each other off until one person is at the very top. Itania is not necessarily about that at all. Right. It is an American rise and fall story, but the nitty-gritty of the rules in this universe don't correspond in the same way. Yeah. So why use like that it's, template? It's like I tethered agree. to just this like surface level. Things like, are good until they get bad. And like, uh, like lower class people who swear a lot and they don't, they want to be of a higher station, but they're not going to change who they are. But it's like, and they don't have to because and, America actually. Uh, rewards people yeah. who don't play. And it's rules. just like this like very surface level version of an American story that yeah. ties it to Goodfellas, but yeah. it's not. You know I, what? I, I, I did have Brandon. I was, I was just gonna say like I wonder what I Tanya looks like when it's not grafted, forcefully grafted onto Like Margot Robbie's a... face onto whatever professional <laughs> figure skater was mm-hmm. in this movie. Like onto a Goodfellas template. Yeah. And I think it's a better movie. I did I, I think putting it to Goodfellas forces it to become a comedy when it didn't need to be a comedy. No. I don't know. No, I hear you. Actually, the one thing I did think watching it again But Goodfellas isn't a comedy. I don't know what I'm trying to say. No, but the... I would say it's comedy, TBH. Goodfellas? Yeah. It is. There are very comedic moments. It's a comedy... When he's trying to stir the sauce and get drugs off an airplane. But see, that's not even what I would say is funny about it. It's that Scorsesean thing that he does here and in Wolf of Wall Street of look how fun this is. And then look on the flip side of it. Look how like poisonous how the soul sad. is here. The yeah. The do it, I amuse you scene? Exactly. Do I look like a clown? Oh, I love yeah. that and scene. the way that Ray Liotta is <laughs> laughing, his laugh. his performative hyena laugh. Yeah, it's very scary. And they do it throughout the film. When I watched jarring. it as a kid, I decided that uh, Goodfellas was like a near perfect film for me. And it wasn't perfect because I was so annoyed by the hyena the laugh. laugh. And his Which look, now, too. His it's look in his scary. eyes. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, he, like, looks like, uh, he looks like Slappy the Dummy from uh, he Goosebumps. He does. There's he? like a very... That's another thing that American Hustle has is this like... Uh, Costume. Yeah, the like... What's... Oh, Reliance is the word. There's reliance. We have to on, cancel the show. I know that I can't think yeah. of the word reliance. <laughs> it relies so <laughs> heavily on what do people look like on the outside versus the inside. Yes. Yeah. 
Which is why, like, Goodfellas is maybe the most entertaining movie ever made, mm-hmm. but when you think about what is compelling you so hard, what's getting your blood pumping, it's murder, it's extortion, it is the disillusion of families. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it, it is nothing but uh, Oh, and the two-family thing. Yeah, baby. This is huge. I mean, this American is... Hustle has the two-family thing. Yes, it, well, it time... has two families in different ways, but... Well, Christian Bale, you don't find mm-hmm. out when he goes back to his kid, you know, he, you find that out later. Right. Can I say something real quick before we get too far away from this? The one thought I did have watching I, Tanya again today where I was impressed with the way it used the Goodfellas model mm-hmm. is that with Goodfellas, Boogie Nights, American Hustle, it's mostly about men who are extraordinary because they are not ordinary. They're extraordinary in the pure sense of the word. Um, and they don't play by the rules and they're rewarded for it. Mm-hmm. Those are our protagonists in this mold of uh, style most of the time, right? Tanya Harding, because she's a woman, does not receive the same benefits, accolades, and pats on the back, and uh, doesn't accelerate up the rungs of success mm-hmm. because she is a woman. And you know I love subverting tropes, subverting formulas. Mm-hmm. Like, I like that about it. Like, that she, if she were a man, we would be watching a Goodfellas-type story. Right. Mm-hmm. But because she's a woman, she is actually... Um, she's punished. The, she's punished. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway... That's all. Um, and I think that is, this is some, the performance thing is something that makes the use of the Goodfellas style even more problematic for me because Itania is not about performance in the same way that Goodfellas is and that and American, American Hustle. Hustle is. It's like, that is the thing to me that is what Goodfellas is about is the performance of the American dream versus what the American dream actually is. And it's, like, touched on in I, Tanya with where, who she is on the ice versus who she is in real life. But it's just, like, it's not strongly No, because the only time the movie really articulates it is literally talking about it. Like, Tanya is America. Right. Some people like America. Some people like Tanya. Some people don't like Tanya. Some people don't like America. Right. It's just lazy. It's lazy. Yeah. Um, It's just very surface. Yes. It is very bad surface level filmmaking but i wish i could defend it more i'm trying to think i don't know i i i think it's critique of america and the way we take in pop culture and use people's tragedies as a punchline yeah i think amy did it better like, like this is this has been done before and mm-hmm. done better. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, I'm not trying to shut you down or anything. Oh, Amy, like the documentary. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great example. And again, it's like I like the idea of it. I don't necessarily like the execution, and I feel sure. bad that I'm just stepping on your toes. It's <laughs> fine. I'm just trying to defend this movie. You can use my favorite <laughs> line, which is "I just disagree." <laughs> I say quite a bit. No, I don't know. I, I mean, no I, there was a moment where I got. I was like one third through the movie and I was like, I don't like this. It might have been my throbbing headache. See, I liked it <laughs> at the beginning and it was like, it slowly lost me. Mm-hmm. It slowly gained I me. I think the real problem here is that Brandon <laughs> is partying too much. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you need to take it a step back. How many buddy? episodes have I been hung over for? All of Three? them. Three? <laughs> <laughs> That's one fourth. Wow. <laughs> So this has been Movies IMO. I have a drinking <laughs> problem. Good night. Um, uh, wow. <laughs> um, no, I... No, this movie 
it, it, it got me. It roped me in. It didn't have me, and then it got me. And it, it, I keep going back to that same moment where it's her reflecting on her past, and she looks right at the, right at the audience and says, this is your fault. And I really, I really like that. I thought it was interesting. Commentary. Right. Anyway, so it's not that I don't think it's interesting. I just think it's lazy in its execution. I agree. That moment, I'm, I agree. I have to say I'm it. sorry. That's fine. I, I, it I, is lazy. I, she I, says it right to camera. It, of, of all the times to break the fourth wall, I do think that's the most dramatic and impactful. But yeah. I agree with Ben. That's Still lazy. lazy. Just dramatize it. Yeah, it's a movie. Dramatize it. Sure. Goodfellas doesn't sure. have. Any scenes that are longer than a page, basically. Yeah, yeah. And manages to say so much about the American dream and flesh out this world so vividly and intricately. Yeah. And it's in, it's a two and a half hour montage. Yeah, yeah. And I, Tanya has scenes that just go on and on <laughs> without saying anything. And then, and then just, oh, oh, okay. One, God. I do, I gotta say, I do wish that Ben was the one who liked this movie because I just feel so bad about it. <laughs> Shitting on Brandon's favorite here. No one ever feels bad shitting on me. I, I, I can take it. Brandon has a sweet soul. But I, I can, I can I take it. I can okay, take okay, it. Okay, okay, okay. Then, then no, I'm not saying you're not strong, but you just have a you have a sweeter soul than I do. So, okay, so how about this then? Okay, how about this? Shit on the movie, Daniel. Okay. I'm just taking a seat on the crown, or on the, on the throne here. Um, okay. In the last, like, 20, 25 minutes of the movie, probably 20 minutes of the movie, Tanya and Jeff have split. She has fessed up to the FBI. And then in her uh, talking head scenes or whatever, she's mm. like, I was struggling. Like, I had to sue the uh, the U.S. Olympics team. Like, I was screwing up on the rink. Like, mm-hmm. uh, these are all things I would have liked to have seen. Mm-hmm. Like, this Plus is... they're brushed over. Basically, we lose. Like, I want to see Tanya get kicked out of the thing that she loves so much, rather than just a quick shot of her in court mm-hmm. and voiceover explaining why her relationship became quite tumultuous with the Olympic team mm-hmm. and with Nancy Kerrigan. Like, I want a scene between Tanya and Nancy after it. this happens. Like, I want to see, I want to see Tanya show up to practice and nobody talk to her. I, here's what I want. I want Tanya to show up to practice, pull off a quadruple axle, <laughs> and be like, ta-da! And then no one's watching. You know, like, sure. I want those moments. And yeah. the movie just hurries through the end of the story because they wasted so much time on Sean and Jeff Yeah, that we don't actually trying... get the most dramatic parts of the story. Because it's these... trying so hard to be Goodfellas. That's why you get the guys. It wants to exactly. Yes, exactly. You would get those moments if this movie was redeveloped from the ground up, not trying to be from the feet up. What's it? Yeah. Okay, but hold on. What's the movie called? Movie's called I Tanya. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, the movie should be completely from her point of view. Yeah, and I would be very interested to see the whole the movie not trying to be Goodfellas. The whole yeah. incident should not be portrayed in the way that it's portrayed because it's not from Tanya's point of view. It should be happening off screen. I'm sorry, but it should. I agree. And I, we should, the movie's I called I Tanya, yeah, And absolutely. we should be, like, learning about Blindsided it Blindsided with, with her. Yes, I completely agree. That's yeah. what the movie should be. And it is... Oh, it's just so frustrating. It's, 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 yeah, it's, I, I see that. The moment it gets to all the talking heads are like, the incident, the incident. The, I'm like, I'm done. Yeah. I'm done with this movie. 
The moment when they all explain the triple axle too is annoying. Oh, but uh, I liked when um, Janny Julianne Nicholson oh. explains the triple axle. I like that. I like that bit it too. Helps you, it helps you. She's the coach. Yeah, she's the coach. She is the authority on it. I yes. don't need Jeff. I don't yeah. need Janny. <laughs> I just like her very quiet way of explaining. She's like, and the, you land on the blade. It's good. The right. On the out. <laughs> on a razor thin And then what blade. was what was Janice? She's like, hey, you flip in the air. And Without breaking you, your ass, like, like hoisting yeah. up all your weight. And let me tell you, Tanya had some. <laughs> you hurl yourself through yes, the air. Yes, yes. And try not to look like a dumb cunt. Yeah. Like, she doesn't Brandon. say that, but she... I'm just quoting... I don't want to break down that wall. I'm just quoting the script. Um, I mean, she did say that in the moment, but she... I did not like when Sebastian Stan used the word... The C word. I did not like when he used the C word. I don't even remember him. I remember in the car. It is. It is. In, it is too much. Yeah. You can have other females saying the C word, but I don't want Sebastian Stan punching Margot Robbie in the nose and saying the C word. Brandon Kirby, feminist. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's all. Line folks. crossed. That's the line. Bye. Um, all right. Well, do we have more to say? Are we over it? I've got plenty more to say about Goodfellas and American Hustle. Okay. So <laughs> say it. Okay. So, so fucking say How it. How about bitch. Lorraine Bracco, folks? Queen. So bringing the Sopranos back into this, I just love that she is cast to play the polar opposite of this woman, and that she was, in, in the Sopranos, she oh, was offered Carmela. That's right. And she was like, I have already done. Yeah. So instead, she rather than being the character who experiences emotional whiplash through most of the movie and has her eyes open to all these uh, unsaid truths in the world around her, and then eventually completely buys into them, like when when Henry is going down, Karen is like doing lines with him. They are running the guns together, like she's his partner in crime. Right. And then in The Sopranos, takes the role where she is literally not allowed to really emote. Right. As the therapist, she has to be reserved. She... What? I didn't realize she was the therapist. Lorraine Bracco? Oh, yeah. Wow. That is her. Ladies oh, and gentlemen, yeah. I just watched the pilot of Sopranos. I'm a terrible human. Um, mm. I did not realize that she... she that was... was the same human. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the, wow. Char- the character who feels everything to the character who Six can't years show later, anything. Seven years later. Yeah, not that long. Wow. Uh, should have won the Academy Award. I agree. I believe she lost to Whoopi Goldberg in Ghost, which is an you know, iconic performance. I've never yeah. seen that movie. You've never seen Ghost? No. I can't shame you. Well, we'll go and then we'll go, to, uh, we'll go to some pottery afterwards. <laughs> if, Whoopi, if Whoopi had <laughs> we'll won the some color clay. of purple, then I would be, you know, happy yeah. for her yeah. I love the color lose. of purple. I love the color of purple. Um, wow, I can't believe Yeah. That's Lorraine Bracco. Yeah, great. Second build in The Sopranos ahead of Edie Falco. Yeah. For every season, even when wow. Lorraine Bracco slips into the background. Support, and when she slips into the Edie, supporting category yeah. of the Emmys. Which is because Edie wasn't just big at the time? Yes, I think that's... Because Lorraine was an Academy Award nominee right. from Goodfellas. Right, so she's going to be second build. And yeah. because I think she's the second person that we see in the show yeah because he's at therapy yeah it's like foregrounded this is the main relationship of the show she's also tony's only true equal in the show because mm-hmm. carmella is subjugated in the marriage and yeah. he is the boss of well he's not the boss in the pilot right but that's i'm honestly not spoiling anything obviously he's in a position i think of power he is the, the boss in the pilot and then they they sort of like go back on it if you uh, like read it really closely okay i'm not going to disagree with there's you. like no one above him yet it's in not, the pilot i yeah. just richie april is above him 
Well, he has beef with the uncle. It's not brought. Richie Priel is not introduced until episode two. Okay. In the pilot, Uncle Junior is above him in the pilot. No, that's why Uncle Junior wants him dead. Yeah. Right. Because. Okay. All right. Yes. In the pilot, you're led to believe that he's top dog. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure that. At least that's what I read. I I mean, yeah. You you just watched it, but I Richie. So how does Richie Aprile factor in here? They. He's not in the pilot. I know he's he's not not in the pilot, Ben. I'm. I'm saying, is Tony the boss from the get-go on The Sopranos? Because I was pretty sure that he assumed the role in the first season. No, he does. I'm saying I think they wrote it in the pilot. It's not he. There's no one above him, and then they read. They go back. I got it. it. You don't seem like you do because you're yelling at me, guys. I'm the authority because I'm not yelling at you, Ben. I'm just asking you to give me the answer. And I did. Yeah. So stop. (laughs) Stop yelling at me, guys. Calm down. <laughs> um, I just have a problem with Daniel's tone. Yeah, <laughs> very you sound like my parents. <laughs> I'm the authority because I watched the pilot most recently, and I don't know what the answer is. Okay, we have to. You're back, welcome. We have to go back to my tone because the real problem here is that I was genuinely curious. I didn't know I was sounding condescending. I'm you sorry. Were. I'm sorry. Thank you. I have a real problem with this because I wasn't condescending. I was trying to have you explain it to me. I was curious. Great. I love this beautiful moment on Mike. It's not beautiful. I'm the only one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are we wrapping up here? What's up? I could wrap up. <laughs> Do we have... <sighs> All right. We've been fun. gabbing for an hour. I want to hear Ben talk about Goodfellas more. Who's condescending now, bitch? <laughs> Do you want to talk? I was excited no, to hear really, you talk about It's this. really just that I don't want to talk about Itani anymore, but we can talk about Goodfellas. I mean, you talked about New York, New York, not in relation to the shape of water the other <laughs> week. True. So I'm just less lit tonight <laughs> than I was to talk about New York, New York. But Goodfellas, um, I just cannot believe that it made so much fucking money when Did it's it? the most radical movie that I've ever seen. Because it's, it's so fun. And yeah, and it's just like amazing to me that this is the movie that is one of like one of the most beloved movies ever made. Is is it ranked on like a, a definitive best movies of all time list? Like it might where does be it land? In the like, '90s on the AFI list, or it was once. Um, I think it's number nine. Yeah, I think I Wikipedia. It's like number ninety-three or something. On the they shoot pictures, don't they? Which is like the aggregate of like all of the best of lists. Uh-huh. It's in the '70s. Okay. Of all time, it's Scorsese's number three in that ranking. If you What's one and two? Movie. Raging Bull and Taxi Driver. Yes, okay. and then Goodfellas. Um, it's one of the 25 greatest American movies of all time. Yeah. Yes, I agree. And it is, I mean, it changed everything about how this genre is done. Mm -hmm. And I mean, and a lot of other genres too. We're talking about it on our episode about figure skating. Yeah. 30 years on, it is still so ubiquitous in the culture that other movies are still trying to capture its magic. It still feels fresh and dangerous Mm -hmm. watching it for like, I don't know, maybe my fourth or fifth time the other night. Mm -hmm. It still has that magic. There's nothing dated about it. Not a bit. It's Yeah. I I was trying to think like... And we should also point out that uh, there's direct address in Goodfellas and it is not a problem. Mm -mm. It works flawlessly. Wait, when is there direct address? It's because it's conspiratorial. At the end, in his... Trial, yeah. Well, not his trial. He's a when, witness. When he's a witness, yeah. 
He gets off the stand and is talking to the camera and walking out. And the camera tracks back a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's oh, great. Yeah. Interesting. Is that the only moment? It's the only moment. And Interesting. that's... Well, it's because he's been talking to you already the yeah. whole movie and a lot sure, of other ways. Sure, sure, through his voiceover. Yeah. And it's, uh... So, yeah, I, Tanya, overuses Does it that so device. many times. Yeah, yeah. overuses it. Mm-hmm. That, in that moment, it's like a payoff. Like, oh, we've heard him, like you said, we've heard him this whole movie. Oh, now we get, he's talking to us. And, okay, the other thing that is a problem that I, Tanya, is using this style mm-hmm. is there's no, like sinful yet intoxicating world that we are attracted to. No, she's just actually a very talented performer and good for her. It sucks that the movie tries to make us feel kind of seedy about it because this is the language we're used to. Yes. It is, like, in a way, it's, uh, it's taking... Let me choose my words carefully. It's framing the story in the way that Tanya later rejects as abuse by using a seedy crime story from the get-go to define a woman whose life was based on her talent before she eventually became embroiled in a right. criminal activity. Right. That's a very good point. She, it should be. Thank you. There should be this like 40 minute, uh, just like triumph of her life over abuse. And she's become this rock star figure skater. Yeah. And she's done something that literally no one has done. But I guess it's just hard because Everyone knows what's going to happen. Right. It's hard to not foreground it as a crime movie. Which is why it should have been from her perspective. And we should be blindsided and surprised Mm -hmm. by the fact that she... Yeah, could you imagine this movie as a biopic, like an actual biopic, not grafted to Goodfellas? Yeah. It would be really something. It could be really special. And I like this movie, and I'd like to see that movie, too. Mm Mm-hmm. I wonder if anybody was expecting us to just talk about the bird on Alice and Janney's shoulder. Well, we haven't even talked about that. I, I thought the bird was dumb. I don't have anything to say about the bird. I have I no, what... no opinion on the bird. My opinion on the bird. The bird is a gimmick. It is dumb. I but understand. the bird was in the but videos the, in real yeah, life. Yeah. The, the bird exists. But it's just like, I don't care. I, yeah. The bird didn't do it for me. I also... I, what's I going did... on with her other siblings? It's just referenced... That's right. It's referenced that Tanya is the fourth child... Uh, or the fifth from, Wait, seriously? I don't know like she's referenced as like I, she, it's Alison Janney says either like she's my fourth kid from my fifth marriage or my fifth kid from my fourth marriage or yeah something. where are the other and only there's the one that the grabs creepy her boob stepbrother. there's yeah. creepy stepbrother that grabs her boob that's the only reference of the one and, oh right but where are the other siblings? and again this is a time where the movie uses the other abuse as a device yeah. rather than something to truly explore oh, yeah a, when the fucking stupid stepbrother gropes her yeah it's and gross. I was just where are the other kids yeah. yeah I do appreciate that it is a moment of empowerment <laughs> and that she beats him up with his curling iron and says that she gets him arrested mm-hmm. yeah that's great but Ben that's a that's a really interesting idea to see how abuse may have uh uh, infiltrated into the rest of the yeah. siblings. I just kept lives wondering where psyches. are the fucking siblings? Yeah. And yeah. how do they feel about Tanya's success? I know that this is never going to be their movie, but where are they? And the brother just disappears after Alice and Jenny pays him to yell at her the one time. Oh, that was the brother? I think that's the brother. Oh, I thought it was a random. I thought it was a random. I think it's her brother, but I could be wrong about that. Oh. I only saw it once. And Goodfellas brings back Kevin Corrigan as the brother in a really great way. Yes. He stirs the sauce. He stirs the sauce. I love the sauce stirring. And I love, love to the stir the sauce. Coked up voiceover. As a... I had to stir the sauce, but I had to do this and that. And I like when she needs the hat. She needs yeah. her hat. 
Yeah. We gotta get the hat. As the George Harrison song plays in full through this entire scene. <laughs> it's great. So great. Um, well, alright, I think we can wrap this one up. Let's do it. Um, this has been Movies IMO. Um, please subscribe to us on iTunes. Rate us five stars. Tell us how much you love us. Rate us, uh, give us reviews. And say nice things to us. (laughs) Um, Next week, we are talking about... Wait, no. Oh, fuck my life. We We already already talked about that. We already (laughs) talked about Star Wars. Next week... uh... Time is a flat circle. We're talking about Steven Spielberg's The Post. Yes. How exciting. Um, I've posted of his movies to watch. Yeah, this week. A lot of, lot and of... They're, they're all over two and a half hours. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to put on the record homework. when you were talking about the color purple, I said that I like the color of purple. Mm-hmm. I have not seen the color purple, <gasps> so that is that I will be watching that. Oh my god! I will be watching telling, that this week. I can't I, wait to talk about the color purple. Next I was week. telling Daniel in confidence, um, away from you, say, away say, from her, say, saying that there's a lot of Spielberg that I I haven't seen. I've seen every single one. Yeah, so I'm. I've seen, I have a lot of homework. I've seen Always, in which Audrey Hepburn plays, like, a wood nymph goddess, like, literally. Oh, my God. And she, like, communes with nature and deer. I love that. When Richard Dreyfus dies. That's the plot of the movie. I'm not May the force something. be with he you. Dies. That's the, the inciting incident of the film. <laughs> and Audrey Hepburn is like, go back to Holly Hunter and haunt her, basically. This movie sounds amazing. That's his worst movie. Heard of it. It's so good. Always. It's will, on Netflix. I will seek it out. I will seek it out. <laughs> I'm Ben Empey. I have a lot to say about Steven Spielberg as much as I have to say about Martin Scorsese. So next week is going to be fun. You can find me on Twitter at RealThoughtHaines. I can't wait to hear everything you have to say about Spielberg. I'm Daniel Crook. You can find me on Twitter at Daniel Crook with three O's where you can also find me being condescending when I'm really just curious about what my <laughs> friends have to say. I'm Brandon Kirby. You can find me on Twitter at BK Kirby. My display name is currently Brandon Porgy. <laughs> um, you can find me attempting to, to defend Itanya. Thank you. Goodbye. That's it. The winner is Jane Fonda. Thank you. Thank you very much, members of the Academy, and thank all of you who applauded. There's a great deal to say, and I'm not going to say it tonight. I would just like to really thank you very much. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.